What's up, guys? This is Patrick Madmore coming to you live with another episode of Madmore Stories. And today's topic, we're going to talk about the wonderful role of the CMO. The CMO, for all those who don't know, is the chief marketing officer. This is the person that leads marketing teams, both at large established companies and at larger size startups. So I wanted to do a, a podcast today on this topic because, you know, one of the things that I found often in Silicon Valley and, you know, in other companies outside the Valley is there's often a question about when do you bring on a chief marketing officer into your startup? What is the right timing for doing that? And the reality is kind of like, you know, bringing on the right uh, chief marketing officer or the right CMO can make or break your company, right? This is a person who sits on your senior management team. They are part of the C-suite along with your CEO, CTO, chief revenue officer, CFO, and others. Uh, and really kind of, they are the ones spearheading and leading the vision and the strategy behind your marketing team, right? And so the fact is, despite its, its relative importance, um, the CMO role is often understood, misunderstood by CEOs and, and by other people on the management team and even by boards. And this is particularly the case as well for first-time founders who, you know, potentially end up hiring either the wrong person or they end up hiring um, the right person at the wrong time, right? So how do you go about figuring out when you need a chief marketing officer in your organization? Well, the key, I think, around that is to really start with why do you think you need uh, a CMO in your organization? Why do you need a CMO now as opposed to simply hiring somebody who could be a VP of marketing or potentially an SVP of marketing, right? And so when I look back on my own career uh, and, and the three or four times that I was CMO, there were really only two cases in the organization where I was going into uh, that I found the company legitimately needed that kind of a, a role in the company, right? And so uh, one case is, you know, you get to a point as the CEO, CEO or the co-founder uh, of the company where essentially you've reached your maximum level of competence, right? You've you've helped the company build the, the product. You've taken the product to market. You've maybe scaled marketing to some extent and acquired, you know, a fair amount of customers. Maybe you've generated thousands, tens of thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of revenue. In some cases, I've met CEOs who have even managed companies without having a CMO who even have tens of millions of dollars in revenue, right? But you're you're getting to a point where you or your COO or the rest of your organization, maybe your sales team, you're just running out of tricks and ideas and you're tapping out in terms of the level and expertise of marketing that you have, right? And the reality is that as your organization grows, right, which is a good thing, uh, the marketing is going to become more and more complex, right? And you're going to simply be reaching a point where, you know, you might have a marketing team of six, seven, eight, nine, ten people uh, that you've been managing, and the complexity around what they're doing is simply becoming too much for you. It's getting beyond the, the, the skill and capacity that you need. You're running out of time. You're running out of energy. You don't necessarily have answers to some of the questions that the folks on your team have. And in addition to that, you know, you may even have people on your sales team who are coming to you and they say, hey, look, boss, you know, we're being outspent or we're being outmarketed and we just feel like our competitors are, are doing much more um, in marketing than we're capable of doing right now. Right. So if you've reached your maximum level of competence um, as a CEO or COO or head of sales or whatever your role might be, then clearly having a CMO is, is something that you're starting to you're going to have to start considering seriously adding to your team. 
Um, the second thing is, you know, perhaps your team is telling you that they simply need more leadership, right? And the reality is if you have good people on your marketing team or on any team for that matter, they generally know and might be self-aware enough to know when, you know, the person who's been leading them is out of their depth, right? I talked to a person marketing the other day at a, at a large, well-established startup in San Francisco, and they were telling me that, you know, the CEO has been leading marketing there. Um, he is, is pretty good at, at, at what he's doing and giving them direction. But there's a lot of things that he doesn't have the answer to in terms of marketing. And they are asking for more leadership and they're asking for more depth. Right. And so when you start having your directors on your marketing team or other people, mid-level managers on your marketing team telling you that they need more help, telling you, asking you questions whose, whose answers you might not have, that might be also telling you that, you know, uh, as I said in the first point, maybe you're, you're reaching your capacity as a leader and your skill sets are not up to snuff in terms of what these people need, right? So that's a, a point where maybe, maybe you need marketing leadership and somebody's going to come in and provide the leadership in terms of understanding how is it, how would you best structure your marketing team? What kind of people do you need? In which roles do you need them? What are their key performance indicators? What's the overall story and vision that you're working towards? And how do you then pull all those teams together, right? The third reason, you know, why you might feel that all of a sudden you're kind of out of your depth is, you know, your competitors are eating your lunch, right? So clearly, if your competitors are out there and they're very aggressive on marketing and they're doing a lot of different um, marketing techniques, such as they're doing above the line advertising on TV, billboards, outdoor, radio, print, they're combining that with you know aggressive digital campaigns on mobile and on desktop, they're doing retargeting, they're doing uh, maybe... Um, partnership marketing and sophisticated forms of content marketing, you know, clearly that should be a sign to you that the sophistication of the marketing of your competitors is getting to a point where you need to bring in somebody who understands how all these different pieces fit together and can build a marketing team uh, and build all those components and have them actually work towards a singular goal, right? So when your competitors are getting much more sophisticated and they're clearly doing things that are out of your depth, that's another indicator that it might be time to bring on a, a good CMO, right? Fourth, you know, and, and I hate to be crass about how I say this one, but, you know, maybe your story, maybe the narrative of how you're positioning your product and service and company in the market, maybe your story just sucks. Maybe your story is just not resonating. And, you know, the reality is if you look at the statistics shared by the American Marketing Association, the AMA, there was a startling statistic that came out last year that said that, you know, human beings, customers are subject to something in the neighborhood of 10,000 brand impressions every single day, right? So every single day, this is, this is kind of like what people are seeing or hearing about. And that makes it increasingly difficult for companies to cut through the noise when consumers are being bombarded by so many different messages. And tech companies in particular struggle, and I wrote a separate post about this on my blog at madmork.com blog, you know, tech companies struggle even more because of the kind of products that they build, right? So translating that tech speak and really communicating effectively what your product is and why it matters and what it does, that can be even more challenging in technology companies. And so having a story that's kind of like simple to understand and easy to communicate, that becomes even more important, right? And that's another reason why you might need a CMO. And the acid test there is very simple, right? You might just go around the office and ask 10 or 12 people 
what your product is, who you serve and why you do it. And if you're getting 10 different answers, well, guess what? That means that the story clearly is not consistent. And that might be a really good reason to bring in what I call a story storyteller CMO. And we'll, we'll talk more about storytellers in a minute. Uh, five is um, death by data, right? And the reality is that everybody is suffering from this. I mean, there is so much data out there between all the different analytics tools that you might be using. You're using Google Analytics, you're using Tableau, you're, you know, maybe you're using mobile attribution from, you know, Kochava or Appsolar or a whole bunch of different people. There is just so much data out there and there's so many different channels from that data, right? And you're looking at Okay, we need to get data from how our mobile application is performing. We need to get data from how our website is converting leads into paying customers. We need to get share of voice data from our PR agency to understand, you know, how our press uh, articles are are resonating with with consumers in press and how much reach we're getting compared to our competitors. There's so much data out there that if you find uh, if you find as a CEO or a young founder or a COO that you're inundated with data and you don't even, you're not even sure which uh, key performance indicators you should be tracking, that also, again, might be a sign that you need to bring in an experienced CMO who can basically help you sort through all this and be laser-like and precise about how they're tracking and managing this data, right? And again, that's probably more the property of what I call a quant CMO. And, and I'll talk a little bit about the different kind of CMOs in a minute. Six, um, you're getting to a point potentially where you are seriously considering large scale marketing campaigns, right? And when so when your marketing budgets get into the tens of millions of dollars, then clearly for some CEOs and founders, you might be out of your depth in terms of, okay, you know, if I just raise $50 million in funding, how do I then split that marketing budget um, when it comes to the different kind of activities that I should be doing, right? So what proportion of my marketing budget well, what proportion of my funding should go into marketing, first of all? Uh, and second of all, how do I then split that budget in the, in the various different marketing components that I have, right? So what percentage of my marketing budget goes to public relations? What percentage of my marketing budget goes to uh, social media campaigns and user acquisition? What percentage of my budget is going into content marketing, right? So you have all these different areas of the marketing team. And as you think about scaling those different areas, you need to figure out you know, who the right audience is, who the, what the right message is, and then what are the channels that you should be using to, to reach those users? And then how do you get all those channels to work together, right? And this is particularly daunting when you consider that, you know, of every dollar spent on average, I saw a statistic last year that said that for every dollar spent, about 42 cents uh, is spent on marketing tools and measurement, right? So again, the other reason that you're probably starting to need a CMO is you need somebody to not only decide how to manage this budget, but also to decide which are the tools that your team is going to be needing to track all this spend and to make sure that you're getting a positive return on your investment, right? Seven, um, I like to call this organizational nightmare, right? When, when you start off as a founder and, you know, it's the early days of your business, the first couple of years even, you know, you're probably managing a couple of junior marketers and, you know, the complexity is pretty manageable. You know, maybe you have somebody using user acquisition. Maybe you have, you know, somebody who's doing social media. Maybe you have a PR person. That's pretty straightforward, right? And so when you have a team of, you know, four or five or even six marketers, no big deal. You can manage that. Maybe you're not getting as much sleep as you would like, but hey, it's all manageable. You could subcontract parts of your marketing. So maybe you're your public relations is not at all done in-house. Maybe you have an agency that does all your PR. You might even have an agency that's doing all of your content marketing. 
you know, the challenge simply becomes, okay, well, once that team starts to scale and you're adding people in content marketing and you're thinking about hiring a person who is doing email marketing full time, guess what? You know, all of a sudden you've got 10 or 12 people reporting to you, right? And that's on top of your day job. So, you know, once you're getting to a point where organizational nightmares becoming an issue, guess what? Another great reason to get a CMO, right? So let's talk about the different kind of CMOs, uh, you know, because there are, in my experience, different kind of of CMOs. And I like to break those down into kind of two main categories, although really there are three, okay? The first type of CMO that I always talk about is what I call the storyteller. And the storytellers really are masters at creating and weaving great stories. They're really strategists, right? And these people, they intuitively understand what your clients want, and they have a knack for understanding who the audience is and how to craft a great story that appeals to not just you know, the immediate need of your audience, but also kind of connects with them emotionally, right? And storytellers tend to be very creative people, very extroverted, extroverted. They have, you know, good stage presence. They can be very inspiring. You know, in some cases, CMOs in a, will, will even act as spokespersons for the company, right? So if you're a CEO or a founder who is more introverted and maybe you don't like talking to people in the press, or maybe you're uncomfortable being on stage giving a keynote, Oftentimes what I've seen is founders like that will hire a CMO who is one of these storyteller types, you know, who's, you know, great on stage and loves to give, you know, an inspiring, impassioned speech about the business and why you guys do what you do, right? The storyteller CMOs are really kind of focused on branding, content marketing, public relations, and then, you know, high profile marketing programs like video ad campaigns, partnerships, events, uh, and what I call, you know, um, above the line marketing, right? Which is anything that has to do with, for example, TV, billboards, radio, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, naturally they have their flaws, right? And they have their downsides like, like anybody does, right? We're all human. And, you know, the weakness of the storyteller typically tends to be that because they're very creative, extroverted types, because they're very focused on brand and, you know, on the more subjective aspects of marketing, you know, the downside sometimes is that they need sizable marketing resources to be effective, right? Both in terms of budgets and people. And, you know, on occasion, you know, they, and I don't want to generalize, but um, on occasion, they may not be as quantitatively inclined, right? They, they typically are surrounded by people who will do a lot of that stuff for them. They're not necessarily performance marketers, so they might not understand all the nuances of, you know, running user acquisition campaigns on mobile and, and the different tools around involved in that or the different technologies needed to run those campaigns or track those campaigns, right? But if really you're finding yourself in a position where, You've got a large, more established startup. You've got you know a number of high-profile competitors who also have significant marketing budgets and are spending aggressively. Then bringing in a storyteller who can really help you craft a very unique story that clearly differentiates from what what else is out there. That might be your best bet, right? The next type of CMO is what I call the quant, right? And and quants are really kind of like performance ninjas, right? They they live and breathe numbers. They're highly analytical. Um, they they usually come from backgrounds where they've been, you know, perhaps in a product management role before, and as, as senior product management people, you know, maybe heads of product, like a VP of product. Some of them come from growth marketing um, operations where maybe they've, you know, been VP of growth or they've really led the growth related initiatives in another startup. So, you know, they tend to be like highly experienced at managing growth at scale. 
but they're also very familiar with everything that revolves around tracking and analytics, right? So what kind of tools you should be using, what kind of, you know, how to measure campaigns, what are the best in class kind of tools that you should be using for email or for CRM, et cetera. Right. Good quants also really understand how all these different pieces fit together and they have the experience and are capable of, you know, building like significant lead gen machines. Right. So if you're if your business is more of a B2B business, right, where maybe you have a SaaS platform that you're trying to sell into enterprise customers, you know, then the quants are good people to to set up those teams and understand how you build lead generation. How do you build uh, lead nurturing campaigns? What are all the tools that you need? What are the KPIs that you should be looking at? And how does all this stuff come together uh, with the support of the product management team and data science, right? So quants are great for those kind of businesses. And I think, you know, uh, they're, they're usually uh, tremendously effective in B2B businesses. That doesn't mean that, you know, you might not want to have a gr- very good brand person as well, right? So typically what you want to make sure in any marketing organization is, If you decide, hey, you know, I want more of a performance person, I want more of a quant kind of CMO, that's fine. That's totally your decision. Just make sure that that person has like, you know, a one or two people or more on their team that are more brand focused, that are more story focused so that you can get a bit of a balance between, you know, the performance side of the business and the brand part of the business. And the flip side is also true, right? If you get a storyteller kind of CMO, you're going to want to make sure that that person has a number of people on their team who are more analytical and and more focused on the performance side of the business, right? So that it doesn't become all about brand initiatives and brand messaging and, and, you know, really kind of like fluffy emotional stuff, right? You need a little bit of both these days in any business. Um, The last kind of like category, and I wouldn't even call it category because I think predictably, you know, these people are few and far between, but, you know, the, the last kind of CMO I call are the wizards. Uh, and you you guessed it, right? The, the wizard is typically somebody who is kind of the best of both worlds, um, you know. And and they they these people are extremely rare. They're right. They're able to see the big picture and really weave a story and see where the market is going and understand how to create a narrative for your product or service or company that is really uh, differentiated and emotional and cuts through the noise. But they're also analytical enough that they understand like the essentials of performance marketing. And they've done a lot of performance and growth marketing work, right? Um, it's very, very tough to find people like this. I mean, typically you're looking for somebody who, you know, not, not only has the track record of having been, been a successful CMO, but more importantly, you're looking for somebody who has ideally worked in both B2B and B2C companies, right? So somebody who's worked at a Nike, but then has perhaps also worked on AdWords at Google, right? Um, or somebody who's worked, you know, on, on Facebook kind of performance marketing campaigns. So, you know, you can definitely find these people. Um, they are in high demand. Uh, typically, you'll find that even with people who are wizards, they're always going to lean a little bit more towards one side or the other in terms of their preference and their, their, their skill set. Um, they do exist, but they're, they're pretty tough to find. So, you know, what, what kind of CMO should you hire at the end of the day? Well, you know, first of all, it goes without saying that you really need to hire, you know, the CMO that you believe is best for your business, right? Um, if you think that you're in a really highly competitive environment where you're struggling to get your message heard and your story doesn't seem to resonate, you might want a storyteller. Uh, if you're, if a large part of your business is, you know, uh, simply kind of content-led lead generation, which is highly scalable. And it's just a question of putting the processes in, in place, hiring the right people uh, and implementing the right tools. 
um, and you don't really care about building a brand or that's less important in your industry, you may want a quant, right, CMO. Um, but, you know, the, the key thing is to find out, you know, what is the right person for your business uh, based on what your business goals are, based on the culture and the organization that you have, and then also based on what you think the rest of the organization needs, right? And so you'll also want to talk to and socialize this role with key stakeholders in your company, such as, you know, obviously your head of product, right? Your head of product is going to be working very, very closely with your CMO. So you want to make sure those two people work well together and that the head of product has some input into, in terms of what kind of CMO you're thinking of getting. Um, you want to socialize this with your CFO, right? Uh, marketing, particularly in B2C businesses, tends to be a large part of the budget. Um, and so you want to be, and you you want to make sure that as the CEO or COO or founder that you know you're really well aligned with your CFO in terms of the kind of uh, CMO that you want to bring on. Because the one of the worst things that I've seen happen, and I saw this happen very recently with a friend of mine who's a career CMO as well, is you bring on board somebody as a storyteller CMO, and then the expectation is not aligned with the reality and you know you are not able to get the budget from your board that this person needs to be successful right or your cfo doesn't get along with the cmo and is not bought into the vision that you need lots of exposure on branding and lots of investment on branding right so making sure that you socialize and get buy-in from your key direct reports and from your board in terms of what kind of cmo you're going to bring on that's pretty critical um other things, you know, in my experience, you know, good CMO, whether it's a, a storyteller or a quant, you know, they generally are going to stick to their comfort zone, right? And so there it's really important, as I mentioned earlier, that they surround themselves with people who complement their weaknesses. And so during the interview process, you're really going to want to find out, you know, kind of like what kind of a CMO are they? How do they build and manage teams? Um, what are, how aware are they of their weaknesses in the areas where they need improvement? And typically, how do they go about hiring and working with people who complement those weaknesses, right? So as I mentioned, you know, if you're, if you've got a storyteller, you're going to want to, you're going to want that person to have strong quant and performance people around them, right? People are, who are highly analytical. If you've got a data science team, uh, you're going to want to make sure that those people work really, really closely with a marketing team and, and can provide all the data and the tools and the analytics to make sure that, you can track all the spend. If you have a quant, then you're going to want to make sure that you know you're you have a, a director or a VP of brand, and that you have a very strong PR person who can push back on on the CMO as well, and make sure that they get their voices heard in terms of the importance of creating the narrative and the story and the messaging for your product and service. Right. Regardless, you know, at the end of the day, when you're interviewing um, these CMO candidates. You know, you want to make sure that they have a really solid understanding of marketing uh, holistically, right? And so, you know, at the end of the day, aside from setting the strategy for marketing and, and really giving the marketing team their direction, one of the ways to understand whether the candidate that you're talking to could be a good CMO is really kind of like asking the right questions around different parts of marketing and really getting their feedback of what they think of the various different departments that they are going to manage, which teams they need to build and how all these teams work together, right? So I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on this because I think the otherwise it's, it's very possible that, um, you know, this is going to get really long winded. And, you know, essentially 
if you think of the different departments that they need to be able to manage, uh, there's growth marketing, right? You know, so they need to be familiar with how do growth marketing teams work? What are the key KPIs like customer acquisition costs, lifetime value, churn, et cetera, that uh, they need to manage and understanding kind of like how you manage the top of the funnel versus, you know, the middle of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel and things of that nature. They need to understand customer relationship management or CRM. The CRM team's mission really is to move your customers down the funnel, right? To the point where, you know, either your account reps are engaging them if you're running a B2B business or they're converting to buying uh, a product, right? It, or, or, or a service if they are, uh, if you're running a B2C business, right? So they need to be, the, the CMO candidate needs to be familiar with you know, what is a CRM team, obviously, but more importantly, how do you structure a CMO team, a, C- a CRM team? What kind of people go into that team? What are their backgrounds? What are they responsible for? What are their key performance indicators? And what are some of the best practices and tools that those teams use, right? The brand marketing team, you know, the CMO is going to have to have a pretty thorough understanding of brand marketing, even if they're a quant. At the very least, they need to understand um, what the focus of the brand marketing team is going to be. You know, they, they'll need to understand and be able to give you suggestions and advice on, you know, how would they set up a brand marketing team for your company? What does that look like? What kind of people, what kind of backgrounds, what are the metrics that you're going to measure the brand marketing team against, right? Product marketing, uh, I find this one is becoming more and more important. And, you know, as I talked about in one of my previous posts that you can find both on my blog, madmork.com, or, you know, some of my, uh, some of my, uh, posts on Medium or on the INSEAD knowledge blog, you know, the PMM basically works side by side with the product team and is really kind of helping the product team develop products that are best in class, that are competitive. They're helping analyze the market. They're helping lead market research initiatives. So you really want to test the CMO in terms of getting uh, an understanding of how they view product marketing, how they define product marketing, what are the lines of uh, responsibilities between product and product marketing and how would they go about structuring the product marketing team, right? So that's a pretty key one. And again, there are posts on my blog that talk about product marketing and how it's different from product management. Um, Content marketing is one that increasingly has become more and more important, not just in the B2B side of things these days, but also in B2C. So you're going to want to ask questions around, you know, how would they structure content marketing team? Uh, What kind of people would be on that team? What are the KPIs? What are best practices uh, in in content marketing? What kind of things have they seen that have been successful in content marketing? You'll want to ask them, you know, how does content marketing work with SEO? How does content marketing work with PR uh, and, and social media teams, right? So you really want to get an idea of like, what are their thoughts for how they would set up this team? What the goals are, what this team would do? Would they, for example, outsource content marketing or they want to have an in-house team, right? Marketing and communications, of course, is another one, right? So again, you're going to want to ask a lot of the basic questions on how they would set up these teams, what they're responsible for, how are they measured, you know, do they have a preference for having marketing communications, which is a fancy way, by the way, of saying PR? Um, do they have a preference for whether these teams are in-house or do they typically work with agencies? Why do they prefer to have them in-house? Why do they prefer to work with an agency? 
right? Another team uh, is insights, uh, and insights teams don't always exist in all startups. Um, and, you know, this is more insights teams are more kind of like something that are that are developed as in more sophisticated marketing organizations. Some people basically call insights kind of data science, and you know, sometimes there's an independent data science team, or so, or sometimes, you know, the the insights team uh, is part of what the product management group does. But you'll want to have, you know, the opinion of your potential CMO candidate. You know, what do they think about market research? How do they get market research? How do they go about assessing the market, assessing and um, surveying competitors? What's their process and how do they set teams around this? More importantly, you're also going to want to ask your potential CMO candidate, you know, what are the key performance metrics that you typically track in insights, right? Things like net promoter score, NPS, which again, I have a blog post on. What are the third party vendors that they recommend that they've used in the past, right? Um, again, you don't want to get too granular, but you want to at least have an idea that they share with you their experience in terms of how they go about generating insights, how they go about getting research, how they get their data how do they analyze the market and competitors? And last but not least, in terms of teams, we've talked about a lot. I mean, I think I've covered the entire marketing organization at this point. You know, what's what's the marketing, what's the CMO's uh, vision and, and thoughts around partnerships, right? Partnerships for some companies, partnerships can be particularly interesting in terms of generating sales and leads and in terms of generating awareness and also generating an exposure for the company, right? So how does your potential CMO see partnerships? Did they see this as something being under the marketing organization? Did they see it being part of sales and business development? How typically do they like to structure partnerships? What kind of experience do they have around creating partnerships? Um, and there, and you know, what kind of partnerships have they seen that have been very effective? Uh, particularly when you're talking about the kind of goals that you have for your company, right? And those goals could be varied. They could be sales, they could be awareness, they could be distribution, right? There's a lot of different partnerships. So you'd want to ask the CMO what their experience is with partnerships and how they like to, to work with partnerships teams or whether they believe this should be part of the marketing organization. So that is a ton of uh, information. I realize that that's a mouthful or a head full, depending on like, you know, um, how much you've been paying attention to this podcast. But the reality is kind of like having the right CMO can really make or break your startup. I mean, not only is this role a costly person, I mean, this is not a cheap role, you know, on, on average for like a series B or later startup, you're talking about something like $250,000 in base salary, plus often a performance bonus based on performance or sales. And of course, you know, being part of the C-suite, the CMO typically um, gets an equity component to their package, right? Which can range anywhere from half a percent. Uh, I've seen some CMOs get as much as one and a quarter or one and a half percent, right? So having the right person is not only costly, but these people have a massive say in the strategy and direction of your company and of your product. And in some cases may also be the face of your of your company, right? So getting the right person is really critical. So if you're going to hire the right CMO, you know, uh, ensure that you're hiring the right profile of person at the right time for your company and for the right reasons, right? Um, this is a long process. This is one of the toughest hires you're going to make. I have talked to companies that have literally been looking for a CMO for nine to 12 months. It takes time. I've talked to companies that have been through five CMOs in five years. Um, if you get the wrong person, it doesn't take long to realize that it's the wrong person. That person also will quickly realize that they're in the wrong place. 
So, you know, it's something that you really want to make sure that you're doing it at the right time for your company. You're giving them the right resources and you're hiring the right kind of person for the role. Right. So anyway, folks, I hope this has been super helpful. I have a podcast on this as well called Hiring a Startup CMO Part One. You can find it on madmork.com slash blog. Uh, if you you know ever feel like you want to reach out and talk further about this or you need help in, in your company fixing you know something related to marketing or figuring out what kind of CMO to hire, you can always reach out to me directly uh, through my website or through my Facebook page. My email is patrick at madmork.com and you know my Facebook page is facebook.com slash madmorkstories. Website is www dot madmork.com blog is madmork.com slash blog. I hope this has been super helpful for you. If you haven't already, feel free to subscribe to this podcast. Um, feel free to share this as this has been useful to you. And I wish you the best. Hope you guys have a great day. And I hope you make an awesome, awesome, awesome hiring, uh, marketing hire. So best of luck to you and uh, go out and crush it.